Welcome to Optimal Self, the art of becoming the best version of you. Join us as we talk with extraordinary people who are on the journey to living to their optimal self. We dive deep into their minds to learn what they do on a daily basis to create optimal results. They share their tools and insights so you can implement them into your own life to become the best version of you. Here's your host, Jeremy Herriter. All right, welcome back to Optimal Self Conversations, where we talk to incredible people who, through adversity, grit, and persistence, are forging the path of being the best version of themselves. They join us to give you the tools to do the same. You guys are in for an amazing treat today. I'm just going to say a good buddy of mine, somebody who I've followed along with for a long, long time, has an award-winning newsletter, has built multiple social media groups that are hundreds of thousands of people deep, done hundreds of millions of volume in real estate. And let me tell you this, it's those kind of things that when you dabble into this, that I think you guys are going to enjoy today is really getting to know the man behind it and the person who actually gets up every day and gets after it. So Tristan, my man, thank you for being here. Dude, I love it. Great intro. (laughs) Thanks, my friend. Hey, man, looking forward to it. So there's something that you said, and to be honest, I I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but you said something to the fact, and forgive me if I get it wrong, but you said we, most of the time we live a life of reaction instead of living a life of purpose. Mm. And it's something that we talk about a lot in Optimal Self and in our programs and stuff like that. So what does that mean to you? We, we live in a life of reaction instead of a life of purpose. I think that's just being aware of that is what opens up the possibilities of changing and then putting into place the right way to react, because that's just something that we're never going to, never going to be able to conquer because the brain is always looking for the shortest route, right? And after it gets accustomed to doing something, it does it. It does it automatically. Look at the way we drive to our work. Sometimes we don't even know we're driving, dude, which is crazy. But that goes into what just your past, your history, being a sports professional, right? Training the body, continually training it to do something. All of a sudden it knows what to do, but that's the key. You've trained it to do that. And the, the, the challenge with reacting is that we haven't trained our minds to react in an optimal fashion. We're just so used to reacting to everything that goes on, whether it's on social, at home, at work, we don't think about it. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well said. That's And we do live in that world. And it, when you say because of the social and because of the, the climate that we're in today, there's a lot of, of immediate gratification, right? Where we get, and I was listening to a podcast the other day Dr. Andrew Huberman, and I highly recommend you check him out. He talks because he talks a lot about dopamine and how our bodies, and he was saying, and and I'd love to get your take on this because I think it's, you talk about it quite a bit is, is that when we're in that immediate gratification or when we win without the pursuit. So in other words, you can grab your phone right now and without really doing much, you could scroll and find something that gives you a hit of, of the dopamine, right? And what we end up learning 
because what you just said is we we react all the time. We need to retrain our minds on how to react the right way. Just like you said in baseball, for me, yeah, it was those swings over and over off of a tee thousands and thousands and thousands of times <laughs> that I had to get into that batter's box and hit that ball coming 95 miles an hour, right? But when the body was trained the right way, it could react in an instant to be on time where we can train our brains that way. So how do you reframe negative thoughts? How do you change and, and, and stay driven to your passions? How do you reframe it so that you can be at your optimal as, as often as possible? Dude, what a great question, because I think we often look from the outside in and we assume that everybody's working at the, the highest level. They don't get sad. There's no anger. It's all Zen all the time. <laughs> right. And, and it's the total opposite. We, we have the same struggles, right? The cool thing about all humans is that we share all emotions, happiness, sadness, and everything else in between. So the way that I've done it better over the last few years is I've realized that not only are we a, a spiritual beings, right? But we're, we're chemical. We're, we're made up of a certain biology. We have chemicals that ha- that are inside of our body. Things happen when we do things. So if I put myself into motion and I do a hundred pushups in two minutes, you better believe I'm going to feel really good, man, <laughs> really fast. Yeah. The same thing is if I'm eating certain things, you better believe I'm either going to be feeling bad or I'm going to be feeling good. And the thing is, we don't often pay attention to these things, whether we're doing them physically, whether we're consuming them, right? We're ingesting them into our body or we're consuming them mentally. Because one thing that I, I've learned just over the last few months is that certain ways of acting by, by you or I, there's also a certain chemical composition that brings that about. And I don't think we think about things that deep. We're like, wait a second, I reacted a certain way and inside of my body, there was a chemical composition that made that happen too. And our bodies got habitually addicted to that chemical composition for that to happen, right? And I mean, dude, if we know that that's happening, well, let's fix it. What can we do? And when I started noticing those things, I'm like, wait a second. So I have this journal now that, and I, I, so I do my best to carry it everywhere, but it's a how am I feeling journal, right? And I go throughout the day prob- and I probably write about in a, seven, eight, nine times a day. And I just note what I'm feeling, what just happened, right? And I can tell you that there are certain times when I'm like angry inside or sad. And I'm like, wait a second, what happened here? I'm feeling this, right? And it's not normal. What did I do? What, what, how can I change it, mm. right? And I do realize that certain people, right? Toxicity, certain people, certain things I read, Right my physical activity or lack of physical activity, what I ate or didn't eat, all of that matters. And my goal is to place as much of those good things together as possible to not leave all of that to happen by chance. Am I going to screw it up? Hell yes. I screw it up every day. But I screw it up less and less by making sure that those things are in place. Right? Yeah, I want people to, I want really, I want people to grasp this. One of our, one of the principles of optimal self is right. And, you know, and the only reason I say right is 
journal scribing. I mean, you can go all around the internet and find different, but for us, I, 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 I deemed it right. One of the principles is, is for that same reason that you just said, and I hope people heard that is that it's how I'm feeling. It's okay to write. I'm angry or I'm upset or yeah. I'm pissed off or I mean, you know, you can write in, in anything that we tend to, you know, we hear a lot about gratitude and you should be journaling gratitude and you should be saying how wonderful things are. And look, you're, we're humans. That's just not real. Like is a grateful mind and a grateful heart always the angle? Yeah, for sure. But are there times where we're going to be angry, jealous, mad, sad, all these things we are. And I think it's very interesting. I think that's a good exercise for people to, to take just, just from what you said is when you write it down. So I don't want to tell, I'm going to tell you what I do, but, but I do something very similar. But when you are having that off moment, when you're having that tough moment, when you're having that moment where I like, I feel like shit. And I mean, maybe I attribute it back to what I ate for lunch, right? I shouldn't have had that pizza. I probably should have had, you know, some whole foods and maybe some leafy greens, whatever. But (laughs) how do you, when you write that, or when that's the emotion that you're having, and it's like, oh, I got to get this out. How do you reframe it to get you back to an optimal state so that you can be a great dad, husband, leader, you know, that, that you have to be? Well, dude, what a great question as well. There's only a certain amount of willpower that we have, mm. right? That's just, that just is. <laughs> and it's, it's good that in the day, it's all almost all there towards the late afternoon and evening. It's just like, ah, and so I think the key, the key to this part is number one, being aware that it's happening. Cause a lot of us, like I said, at the very beginning, and you brought it up, the reaction, we just react without really knowing. Right. And then we feel sometimes guilty, right? And that's a circle. It never stops. <laughs> the key has been for me to number one, be aware. And number two, to interrupt that pattern, that pattern of feeling, that pattern of whatever is going on at that moment. Because I made it a goal to, to myself personally to do my best to not let that current thought, whatever I'm feeling, right? Whatever I'm thinking, to actually come out and hurt somebody in any way right? It's going to happen. You're going to do it. But the intent is there for it to stay there and to understand what's happening so that you can attack it there. And that point, from that point on, you know, that motion is created is motion creates emotion. I know that, right? And so if I know I'm feeling like crap for me, one simple hack is dude, why not just go do 40 pushups in a minute, right? See how you feel right after that. I feel pretty good. I'm like, holy crap. I can't believe I was sad. Right. Or you go in and, and I know some people, I don't do this one, but I know that some people listen to music. Music can instantly bring a form of, of happiness, gratitude, because it takes you to a place that you were before and you were feeling good, right? Instant connection. And dude, unfortunately, some people gravitate to food because they know that that food, right? The chemical composition of everything, the brain's asking for this quick, hey, I, I want a Twinkie. I want an Oreo, right? Because I, look, I want an Oreo too. I do. I love Oreo cook. And you better believe when I have the Oreo, I feel good. And so I'm doing my best here to, to come from a point of understanding, being aware, and then saying, how can I interrupt this right now? Right? And, and it does depend on how hard it is right at the moment. 
whether going out for a walk, going out for a run. For me, it's always been physical for me to be able to interrupt it. And if you look at even Marcus Aurelius, 2000 years ago, emperor, he's like, just go for a walk. Epictetus said the same thing. Greek philosopher said, hey, go for a walk. It, it actually works magic, mm-hmm. right? Same concept, right? It's, it's not something that you and I created. It's It's been there. And it's it's something that we can use. So interrupt it in some way. Just do your best not to interrupt it with bad foods. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, you're exactly right. I was going to tell you one of the, um, it's, it's very interesting. You know, we both do a lot of speaking. And I remember being at this, in this hotel, one of the first times I was in front of a few thousand people. And, you know, it was like, holy cow. Okay. Like it's the thing you want, right? It's the thing that we've, you know, you crave when you're, when you're building a business and you, and you want to get back and you, you're doing these things and you're like, yeah, I get to get a message out and there's somebody out there. And I remember that morning waking up and literally, and I, and I, you know, I mean, come on, I've stood in the batter's box with 50,000 people in ESPN and you know what I mean? Like you want to talk about, you know, where you, you're, you're going to be the, the hero or the goat in, in a, in a matter of your <laughs> pictures <laughs> and you can't go anywhere. You can't hide anywhere. No. And, but I remember going down to the gym and all I, I got on the treadmill and I jacked that, I got a little warm up going. I jacked it up to like 10 or 11 on the speed and I would just jump on that belt and I would try to go for like, like 30 to 60 seconds. And I jump back off and I get, and I would just do it. And, and I say it for this reason is that, eventually those first few I'm good by the third or fourth one. I mean, I can't, there's nothing else that I can possibly think about nothing. Like, yeah. Cause if it's not, this thing's going to spit me off the back here any second. And to this day, it's something that the physical and it, and it just, it just hit me right now when you said to have motion. And so again, I want to give people something in, in each one of these moments that, that they should be taking with them is that, Look, get that, carry that journal with you, carry those note pages with you. I mean, you, you have it with your phone now, you can type it. I'm a writer. I mean, I have hundreds of these things all over the place. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but again, get it out and then reframe it by causing an interrupt, right? Do have something different. I got to change something. Cause if you go right back to the same thing, you're going to get the same result. You're going to get the yeah. same feeling, do something. And again, something as simple as a push up. A jumping jack, go for a walk, go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, just add motion to it and, cool, and yeah. it changes, right? Try burning out in a minute and see if you don't feel like, yeah. it, it, like you can't think of anything else besides, oh my gosh, that was so painful. And then you feel <laughs> completely different. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how that one of our other principles is breathe. And in the world of today, they call it meditation. And the only reason it's called breathe is because and truthfully, with meditation is not something that when I first started doing it, I wasn't very good at. Like my brain is just like on fleek. Like as soon as I sit down and have to do something, I think of every other possible thing that I should be doing. Right. And time stands still for me where I'm like, oh my God, I'm wasting time. Oh my gosh, this needs to happen. Right. And so the only way I could get out of that was focused on my breath. And in that moment, there's a, there's a great Japanese uh, study that shows that literally in nine breaths, which is the same thing you're saying with motion, is that it can change your state. Like yeah. literally you can go from one state to another with as little as nine breaths done 
right? Like this. And it's kind of the same thing you're saying is in that minute, 100%. It's so hard, right? That's why it helps. See, one thing, the, like you want to look up Win Hof for those listening mm-hmm. in, the Win Hof breathing. It's almost the same thing. It's a controlled breathing, but quick, 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 and then deep, right? So a military, you have people in the Marines who do this to control their their emotions to get calm. I was interviewing an eye doctor who went into the military to then treat the retinas of the soldiers who had had any type of damage to it during the during one of the wars in Iraq. And he said that they trained him so much on mindset and staying calm because at any moment he could be in the middle of a war zone being attacked and he would be operating on somebody's eye right? A military person. So yeah, they taught him the whole Win Hof uh, breathing method. And that's the same thing, dude, do push-ups. How much are you breathing? You're breathing a lot. You're, you're, or if you're not, something's wrong with you and you're going to faint, but you're breathing. It's, it all comes down to the breath, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great, I love man. it. Great that's, point, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and when you can, when, again, it's a way to change your state. And, and I like that preparation. There's a, there was a great story about Michael Phelps, the swimmer, right? Mm-hmm. Greatest probably swimmer maybe in the history of the Olympics in the world, right? And in between like his second and third Olympics, he broke his wrist, had to have surgery. And he came out of surgery and they said, okay, it's great, right? Like the sur- this is fine. But he was under anesthesia. And so his, his coach was there. His coach was telling the story. And the doctor comes in, he tells them everything, tells the family and the, and the coach, like, you're going you're, you're gonna to have full everything. You're going to be fine, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. And right now your heart rate's a little bit elevated because of the anesthesia. Once your heart rate gets to normal, we'll check you out of here and you can go home. And so Michael looks over at him and it, the, this is the coach telling the story, he looks over at the doctor and he said, wait, say that again? He said, what, where does my heart rate have to be to, so that you can check me out of here. And, it, and they said it was fluctuating somewhere in that like, like low to mid 80, right? For mm-hmm. because he was on this anesthesia. So it was like it would it was up to like 88, back to 82, 80, you know. And he said, he said, well, just just normal. In the midst that the coach and the doctor were talking about what normal is, Michael centers himself, puts his head back, and closes his eyes. And within 30 seconds, he had his heart rate down in the 50s. And the doctor was like, what is going on? And they said, yeah, man, it's, he's different, right? Like the mindset, the power element. Could you imagine like, it's, it's one of those things where we, we talk about greatness. And that's, it's interesting because he could do that, but then you also read other things about him and his challenge with, was it uh, mental health as well? Right. Yep. So it doesn't just because he's amazing at, at being able to control his breath and his body doesn't mean that he isn't human as well, which goes to the beginning, sharing the same emotions. Right. That's right. Uh, and I think this is why it's an important conversation that we're having. You need to anticipate the possible problems that yeah. you're going to have, or at least know how you're going to respond when shit hits the fan. And a lot of us don't take the time to understand, well, I guess if shit happens, I'm going to respond this way. Mm. And the reason we, the reason we overreact and the reason we get angry and yell at people is because we actually never thought of something like that happening and we don't plan ahead. Hey, you're going to respond like this. Okay. It's ridiculous. Sometimes dude, 
we expect to achieve so much greatness, but we don't prepare enough for it, the failures. Yeah, well said. Hey, listeners, it's Jeremy. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And I wanted to take a quick break from the episode and remind you that at www.optimalself.today, you can gain access to our free, did I say it, free identity creator course, plus right now two bonus downloads that will forever change the way you go to bed and wake up in the morning. Did I mention that this is all free? It is for a limited time. Thank you guys again for listening. And again, the website is www.optimalself.today. Now let's get right back to the episode. That's such a good point. And you know, it's interesting you say that with, and with greatness is that so many times, I mean, even a lot of the guys that that you and I know, like people that have achieved at a very high level, CEOs, owners of companies that, you know, we attribute that they're just going to be okay in every other aspect of their life. And they're not right. A lot of times they don't equate both. And yeah. I, we see this a lot in the health side. It's very rare in our world, even the people that I talk to, that to see somebody who has this $100 million, $200 million, billion dollar company, and they have great relationships and great health. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's it's almost a, it's almost a sacrifice. And and the way I attribute, and I love your take on this because what I look at it from as a standpoint is that they just don't realize they can be great in those other areas, and that those other areas take the same kind of discipline, thought process, quality time, right? In those areas that you can, it can can all happen. But why don't we? Why is it that you know? You're super fit, or you know, in both ways, the super fit guy has a terrible business, and the super rich guy has no fitness. You know what I mean? Like it's it's because they don't realize how both can work together. That the same mindset can be applied in each area, or even a low emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. Which we've seen at high achievers, leaders have low emotional intelligence all the time. Yeah, I think it's it's simple. It's because their priorities were out of whack, but that's why they got to where they got to also, right? But when they were prioritizing, they didn't give any priority to like mental, spiritual, emotional, or physical, right? Health, eating, or maybe they forgot family. What does that look like, right? Spouse, siblings, children, and they screwed that whole thing up. Or maybe it was the business and they have an amazing family. Maybe they just never prioritize that startup or the book or the actual business of doing whatever it is that they're going to do, right? So, dude, it's a challenge, right? And I think it's more, I always tell people it's like a harmony. It's definitely not a balance, but it's a harmony. It's like playing the most amazing musical piece. Not every instrument plays at the same time. They're all playing at their time. And that's how life is, right? Sometimes you're focused on your work, knowing that that family is coming up, right? Just like that piece is about to play, that cello is about to drop, right? Same thing. So I think once we realize that, we can then attribute time better and say, hey, there is a time for this. There is a time. for It's almost biblical now that I'm thinking about it. There is a time for everything, right? So there you go. 
That's great. And, and <laughs> I mean, literally taught this today because I had two coaching calls and the same thing. And what I call it is a hundred or nothing. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. because everybody, you hear this so much about balance and I try to get them to understand is that there's no such thing as balance. Something today is going to get more of your time than something else. There is no way to balance it. Mm-hmm. But if you can take the approach of a hundred or nothing, meaning that when I'm in that moment, that thing that I'm doing, right? This call, for instance, you and I sitting here together is a hundred percent of my attention. There's nothing else on. I don't have a TV on. I don't have a phone on. I don't have anything around me, everything. I have a notebook and a pen. That's it. It's a hundred percent of my attention. And again, I don't know, we're going to spend 30, 60 minutes together, give or take all in, right? Can I give that a hundred percent? Now, I want people to think about this. Remove us from this and you and I both go and we go to our loved ones. Can I give them 30, 60 minutes, a hundred percent of me? Or am I checking my phone? Am I looking at something else? Mm. Is the TV on, right? So what I try to get to people to do is give it a hundred or give it nothing, right? I call it the champion spirit. You'll appreciate it. Champion Mm. spirit is just this, is that if I'm willing to choose to do it, I'm willing to choose doing it the best that it can possibly done. So if I'm going to give it, if, if it's time to do the dishes, the dishes are getting done as great as I can possibly do it. If it's time to make the bed, I'm making the bed the best that it can possibly do it. Because if I can do those things and prove to myself, that's earning confidence for myself. Mm-hmm. Then now as I step into my work, right, then I can go, okay, it's time to do this podcast with Tristan. All right, I'm going to go. I, all right, I know. That's all done right. That's done right. Each, every other aspect of my day thus far has got a hundred percent of me. So now it's okay to give this a hundred percent of me. Interesting, dude. I like the way you place that. And I think the challenge, so I'm taking notes as I'm listening yeah, to let's you. Do it. It's a conversation, brother. <laughs> um, I think one thing that I see a lot of people have a challenge with is being present because they've trained their minds over the years. And a lot of people don't want to hear that they're the ones who trained their minds to do this, but they've trained their minds to be ADD, ADHD, Mm -hmm. right? And look, it's a disorder because unfortunately that was your environment growing up. It's partially, it's your fault, right? Partially it's your environment. But when you're telling me a hundred percent of the time, be like, what would you say? A hundred percent or nothing. It's a challenge for most people because they don't know how to do that because their brains are wired differently. And that's where you first have to be aware that, yep, you know what? I do have a challenge. You want to call it a disorder or not. It's a challenge, but it's your job to rewire your brain. And it starts with awareness. Then it starts with meditation. So you can push away those thoughts little by little by little. And ultimately it's, it's your responsibility to stop being that way. Now, however you want to phrase it, in regards to a disorder or not, it's your fault. That's it. Because um, I think a lot of people tiptoe around that, but dude, I hate it. It's your fault. You have attention deficit disorder. Great. Fix it. It's fixable. Just rewire your brain. Put a lot of attention into you. But meditate. And then you'll start changing. You will. You'll focus instantly. Right. But it takes a lot of work. Anyway, that's what I was thinking when you said 100%. Or no, it's beautiful. It's it's well said because I, I we talk about I say the same thing <laughs> again. It's it's you and I think, I mean, literally one of my things is 
the moment you take responsibility for everything in your life, you unlock your human potential to have anything in your life. Don't you feel it's kind of like a cop-out sometimes where people name a disorder and then they have that as a crutch? Crutch. I'm like, dude, stop crutching yourself, bro. It's like, I can't stand that, man. It's really, it's disheartening for me because now for the rest of their lives, they're going to be leaning on that and saying, oh, I can't because, oh, I have it. No. So anyway, that's a personal pet peeve of mine. I love it. And, and I hope people hear that because I, and, and it's that moment where I hope it, I, I tell people all the time, I, there's moments where I hope I offend you because I hope you hear what I'm saying because it's all, here's what it comes down to is it's a label, right? We love labels. Yes. Oh, we, love, we love to take the labels. He or she is, you know, put it on there. Right. And then the thing is, is it becomes our identity because here's what people, this is the part where, have you seen the show Biggest Loser, right? They, yes. Yes. Okay. So these people go on this show. They're hundreds and hundreds of pounds overweight. They're morbidly obese, right? They remove them from their, their life, their regular life. They put them on this island with a gym, coaches, trainers, and food, right? Mm-hmm. That they have to make themselves. And almost all of them lose some sort of weight. Some all the way down. I mean, you're talking hundreds of pounds, right? They always end up having a winner. And the statistic is 98% of them, no matter what, winner or not winner, first, second, third, first one kicked off, whatever, gain the weight back and then some. Oh, wow. I mean, to be honest, it's it's a horrible show when, it, when you think of the actual <laughs> I didn't know that. Right? It's a, it's a crazy statistic. It's really bad. But here's my point. My point is because it starts with behavior. Well, you've just taken away what their what their normal behavior was. You forced them into other behavior. They got to get up and go to the gym and show up. They have only good food to eat, whole foods, right? They don't. They can't drive through McDonald's anymore. They can't eat out of a box anymore, out of their pantry. So you've you've changed their behavior by taking them and putting them somewhere. Okay, that's number one. Well, behavior is only the very very top of it because the behavior then becomes belief. Belief, meaning you ask them, do you believe that this is going to work? They're like, yeah, of course. I got a, the trainers right there. And they're going to take me. Yep. I don't, I don't have to worry about my wife or husband. I don't have to worry about my kids. I don't have to worry about my job. Like, hell yeah, this is going to believe. But what they fail to ask them is, do you believe you are worthy, capable, and deserving of this result? They never go down that road. They only go, do you believe in the plan? Do you believe in the process? Do you believe in this? And they say, yes. Every, of course, they're going to say yes. There's, they don't have any other choice. And it proves to be yes. Mm-hmm. But what they never touch on is the worthy, deserving, and capable process. And they also don't touch on the identity piece. They still identify because they don't believe that they are, they are that skinny or ripped or fit or whatever person. They're still the other person. So by the time they remove the cameras and they go back to their regular life, what ultimately happens is that subconscious, that identity piece never got changed. They never helped them change that identity piece. Wow. They never helped them change that belief in themselves. Dude. So it all comes back. I didn't even think about that before. I like that. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. That just goes to show me as I'm listening to you that the psychological aspect 
of just business in general right is a is a massive challenge for most because number one they don't think they're worthy right and number two they don't identify as somebody that's successful at that level right exactly i'm just gonna go down that road with you with business because this is something we do all the time that you and i have coaching clients all the time and i want to i'm going to share it with you because most of the people on the show haven't seen these yet they just came out so I don't know if you can see me, but um, we see them. I see. So these are, they're called. Oh, oh, oh! I see it. I see it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So this Ooh. is our belief coin. You see on the oh, sides. Okay. Process. Says, system. Process. Plan. And process. You see it, dude. I love that. So here's what we do, Trist. You'll you'll love this, right? Is that? So I, I we talk a lot about belief, and uh-huh. and what I say is this: is that you and I, somebody sits down with us and says, "Hey, Jeremy." You know, I want to do a million dollars in commissions. I'm like, okay, I can show you the plan. We can, I can help you build the plan and show you exactly how many contacts to appointments to closings it's going to need. We're going to look at, you know, how we're going to do it, how we're going to generate, right? And almost every time that I can sit with with anybody and come up with a process or a system or a plan, no matter what it is, you could do it with weight loss, you whatever you pick, whatever it is, and we'll just talk business since that's what you and I do for the most part. And even building, even building your team. And so every time when I have this, I said, but here you see this is a coin, right? And they say, yes, I do. Do you believe in this, this process that we just put down? Mm-hmm. Always. They're like, hell yeah, Jeremy, out that. Great. And I said, well, here's the difference. The difference is there's two sides. And the other side is, do you believe you're really <laughs> capable? <laughs> That's so cool. And deserving. And when you get an almost to a person, they go. That's cool, hmm. bro. Because you know this trick. Come on. We can build a plan out to take business to a certain level. doesn't matter what you're, I mean, it, it's, it's all the same business for the most part, but does that person truly believe that they're worthy of that million bucks or hundred thousand bucks or 500,000, whatever the number is, doesn't even matter of closing 20 deals because that's, that's what we have to break through. It's not, can you do this? And here's the new magic script, right? Or whatever we're trying like this is all part of the process for sure. Interesting, bro. As you're telling me this, it makes a lot of sense now when I look at people who win the lotto. Same right? concept. Yep. Interesting. I never pieced it together like that. That makes sense. And I think those people have rapid success in any business. They go through this because their identity hasn't shifted either. Mm-hmm. And they just lose the money, right? Or they they just... The good thing is some of those, because they got there, they're like, oh, I lost it. I can get it again. So at least there's some base. Yep. But that's that's very interesting. I never pieced that together. Now I love that coin, by the way. You're going to have to send me one, bro. I'll make sure you got one, buddy. I promise. Yeah. I'll make oh, sure it's you so cool. It's, yeah. And and here's the thing. And again, I want the audience to to really hone in with us on this is that, you know, so much, even our own lives, like. I have to keep breaking through these things, these same things. I have these same, you know, I have to ask myself when, when I'm struggling or when the business hasn't hit where I want it to hit, I ask myself these questions all the time. I ask myself, Hey, <laughs> what do you believe you're worthy of that? Is this, is this some old conditioning that I'm still trying to get rid of? Because I have to constantly work at it. I have to constantly, you know, I mean, because you know this, every next level of your life is going to take a new you. You've got to learn something new. 
And again, am I willing to learn? Because if I'm willing to learn, I believe for myself, if I look at it and I say, I'm willing to learn, there's nothing I can't do. I don't know what the time frame is going to be. I'm not saying I'm going to change the world. I'm saying that that's the process of it. And then believing that you're worthy, deserving, and capable of those results. Those are the breakthroughs, right? Those are the moments for us that literally change people's lives. Because the moment that they feel like they... And, and again, because deserving has a, a, a sometimes a, a different connotation where people are like, oh, I deserve it. No, no not without the effort, right? And that goes back to the dopamine, what, Hugh, what Dr. Huberman was talking about when I was giving, is that he said, the problem is, and this happens a lot in our industry, in the real estate industry, is that you get people that come in and they get their license, they're gung-ho, they're like super excited. You talk to them, they have a great disposition, right? They have a, a, a really good, and they get their aunt, their cousin, and then their brother all buy a house. They're all million dollars. They make a quick hundred grand, right? But they didn't really earn that business. It was the trust business. It was the, the relationship. Mm. But they didn't learn how to, how to hunt. But they, made, they had some super awesome success right out of the gate. But they didn't truly learn how to hunt. And so now some of that business goes away. And now they're like, what do I do? And all of a sudden they're back to being a fish out of water. That's right? true, man. And yet they were, you know, the, the rookie of the month at their office and they got, you know, mm-hmm. they got all this money, but they didn't hunt, man. The pursuit, falling in love with the pursuit of it, the, the, the work, the effort, because sometimes we get the result without the pursuit and that's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, I could see that because then you feel like. You almost didn't deserve it and you weren't worthy and you uh, you didn't get a chance to really develop that new identity either. Interesting. If it happens too fast, you have to work on that identity. Hmm. Very interesting. Now we have to work on how do we develop that identity quick enough so that we can scale quickly and right. maintain that, right? It, it, because the identity piece is what's going to, the identity piece is what's going to sustain the success. Because again, you can strike gold sometimes somewhere, right? You might find a niche, you might find something. People can get some results rather quickly. But if I haven't actually created the identity, it happens with weight loss all the time. The United States of America is famous for this. The yo-yo dieting, right? Oh, I got on the keto or I got on the intermittent fasting or you name it, it's got a name. And, oh, and, and I, they do it for a while and... The result happens because holy shit, newsflash, you ate egg whites and an avocado instead of a Big Mac for breakfast and you got a result. Holy shit. I can't believe it. Right. That's funny. That's funny. And and that's true. And that actually goes into how to sustain that, that growth and recategorize yourself and find a new identity. Mm-hmm. It's by surrounding yourself with, with the right people mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with a better environment, not necessarily just the people, but what you're listening to, what you're consuming, right? Consumption. Yep. Mentally, uh, physically. So it's the people, man, they're going to drive you quicker, higher, and keep that sustainability up there. If I surround myself with more people like you, right, then we're going to start talking the same. We're going to start looking the same. We're going to start thinking those same thoughts more and more. 
And that would be awesome. When are we moving closer to each other? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> it goes back. Uh, I saw a quote. So I don't even know who said it. So forgive me, but it said, you know, find people that remind you of your future, not of your past. That's and, so good. And you've got to dig in and, and, and find those things, find those people and, and be around them. You're right. Cause the language matters. The consumption matters. The words you use, not just with other people, but the words that people around you are using because they become yours. Think about it. Think about how much we adopt to ourselves and the words that play that aren't really ours. It's what somebody else said. So if somebody's talking that, you know, the sky is falling, the economy is going to collapse, the market's going to crash, right? Those words, those things, how much of that now becomes my narrative? It's not really my narrative because I didn't do any research. I didn't study it. I haven't looked at it. How many people are out there doing those things in their, in their everyday life when it's just like, you got to get around people who lift you up and who, who are looking for the future. And I'm not saying, you know, be naive. I'm saying, listen, find the people that remind you of your future. And if you don't know what your future looks like, that's where we start. We start building and identifying that. So to go back to one of your, what you said is how do we do that with our people is one of the things that that I literally do in a coaching session is I say, okay, write your future self, describe him for me. Oh, he's accountable. He's responsible. He's, he's relentless. He's like, whatever, like these, you know, come up with those words. And once you see those things, now it's easy to adopt in, in today's life. I'm like, okay, are you living that way today? Mm-hmm. Are you living relentless and committed and, and all those words, whatever it is, right? And it immediately starts to shift who you are in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. How do well, I shift that? You're also allowing them to take more responsibility for their mm-hmm. their growth or their lack of growth. And I think that's key too, because a lot of us tend to want to blame others for our current situation, right? Mm-hmm. Or our current anger or sadness or whatever we're feeling. It's your fault, not mine. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like you said before, right. Is that the ADHD thing is that, okay, it is what it is, but well, the brain is malleable, right? This thing's uh, so it's the plasticity of it. You can change it. You can build it. You can create it. Dude. The only way to do that is, is by seeing who do I want to become? Who's that guy? What does that guy do? Because I, I use that all the time to, I, for myself. Those mornings when I'm not feeling it or those days when I don't want to put, I'm like, okay, take a few deep breaths. And I ask myself, what is the best version of me do? What does that guy do? Well, that guy's going to get his ass out of bed right now. And he's going <laughs> to take his ass to the gym or, or he's going to make that food or whatever it is, you know, yeah. those things. Well, I think you also can, can have those people that inspire you in different parts of those things you want to achieve, right? So it could be like somebody who is an amazing intellectual or somebody who has the most amazing family or relationships or, and then financial, and then just, it just keeps going because it's hard to find that one person that encompasses that wholeness, right? So it's okay to have a few different people that, that you look up to for each of those things. I think that's a wonderful point. And I, I hope people take that. It's, yeah, you're very rarely going to find that one person, you know, and, but it does take multiples and it does take, I mean, it does take you searching it out and they don't have to be in person, right? It could be a podcast. It could be a, somebody follow on, on YouTube. There's some really oh, cool stuff. True. 
That's very true. I think we we often forget that we have those people at our fingertips because of the world we live in, right? You know what I was looking at? I don't often hear anybody looking into Leonardo da Vinci's notes. And I, I didn't know they were all in one place. I don't know how I didn't know. But there's like this volume, this massive volume, and I just ordered it. I'm like, dude, I want to dive into that mind, right? The ability for us to be able to do that hundreds of years later and look into how somebody thought and yeah. functioned, right? Specifically for what he was great at, right? I think that's that's something we take for granted. And I think we really need to take a look back and say, well, who are those people that achieved that greatness that I want in that in that vertical? And then attack it. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. All right. I know we're coming up on time, so I want to honor your time. And I want to finish the way we finish the show always. I call them quick hitters and just two words is all. And so just whatever comes to mind or however it hits you. And so the first word is discipline. How do you see discipline in your life? How does that word hit you? And and, and where does it, where does it, where do you go with that? Consistency. Just one word on me. Just if you want discipline, you've got to show up every day, every day, even when you don't want to every day, even when you're sad, angry, it's easier when you're happy, right? <laughs> like consistency. Mm, love it. And the last word is impact. What, you, what impact do you want to leave? What are you leaving? And, and what have you been impacted by? Where does that hit you? I think the first word I thought of was inspire. And mm-hmm. I think what we, what we don't think enough of is what happens when we're, when we're gone, right? When we die. Right. People, the only thing that we know for certain, and I and I watched Keanu Reeves say this, but there's a twist to this. The only thing that we know for certain is that people are going to miss us. Right. That's for sure. But if you take that a step further, is when they think of us, do we inspire them and motivate them? Or is it just a thought? Right. And I think that's where we, you and I, can come in and think, well, in order to motivate and inspire enough to make a difference in people's lives, we've got to work more at it. And that's when I think, that's what I think of when I think of the word impact. Mm, that's so well said, man. I, I couldn't, I totally agree. It's, it's funny you say that is this entire podcast um, in the YouTube channel was built. I was a small group. It was about 60. Oh man. It was, it was one of those MLM companies. They hired me to come in and I, and I spoke on, you know, my title in those days was motivation is bullshit. And I'll tell you why. And so <laughs> I love that. It, was, it was one of my keynotes and I, I walked off the stage that, that evening and there was a young kid, 24 years old, just started with this company and you know, Hey, we take a picture. And I said, sure. And he goes, you know, that's really sad. And I was like, what do you mean? What sad? Are you okay? What's going on? He's like, no, what you said today, what's sad is the only people that heard it were the people sitting in here. Okay. And, and I looked at him and I said, yeah, that's, that's great. Tell me more, right? Tell me more. Yeah. He said, he said, there's going to be, there's somebody somewhere that needs to hear what you just said. And they may never hear it because you, he goes, I looked for it. You don't have a YouTube channel. You don't have uh, an Instagram oh. page. You don't like, he's all, he's ripping off all these things. And I was like, <laughs> Wow. He said there might be a kid, literally his words were there's a kid in, you know, Omaha, Nebraska that 
could be stumbling on this at midnight when he's down in the dumps and there's no one to talk to. And he would hear the words that you just said, and it would impact him the same way it impacted me. Mm-hmm. But he'll never hear you because the only people that get to hear you are the people. I just got the chills, by the way. I'm standing here. Yeah. I love that. 24-year-old kid put me in my place, man. <laughs> like, straight up. You pretty much said you sucked at social. What's going right. on? <laughs> wait, wait. Where's your TikTok channel, dude? Come on. <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> man, it was like, it was that moment, though, that I was like, damn, he's right, right? Like, why aren't I doing that? Like, if I, if my mission is, my again, because I love missions and I, I love helping people write them. My mission is to help and inspire people to change behavior through belief and action so that they can be the best version of themselves. Because I believe behavior only changes through belief, which you know my belief coin, so you know how heavy I am there. And then action, same thing you talked about. You use the word motion, but action is the same, same, same token. The only way to change behavior is through belief and action. You got to believe in either the process and yourself, and you got to take action on something. You actually have to drop down and do the fucking push-ups. Like, you know what I mean? If you're going to use that, you've got to drop down and fucking do it. So you can't just thinking about doing push-ups. You got to actually do them. So you got to take action. And hopefully that changes behavior, which allows people to be the best version of themselves. So, and he was right. If we're going to leave an impact, man. uh, Well, I want to say thank you because you're leaving impact. And I know the people are better for it, man. I appreciate you carving out some time. This is great. Through these holidays. And so. Give me think and take notes. That was good. (laughs) Yeah, very good. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I look forward to it. Uh, let's. Uh, I need to get your address so I can make sure a belief coin shows up in your. Uh, oh hell yeah! Your, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, get out there and be the best version of you. Subscribe to Optimal Self wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information on how to be the best version of you, visit OptimalSelf.today and follow at OptimalSelf1 on Facebook, at Optimal underscore Self on Instagram, and subscribe to Optimal Self on YouTube. Thank you for listening.